Do you know someone or have you ever met someone that absolutely knows their worth and can confidently ask for and get whatever they want almost every single time? Have you ever wondered why things aren't like this for you? I have a theory on why this might be happening and I'm sharing it all on today's podcast. Hi, welcome to Lessons on Happiness. I'm your host, Val Malnar, and I'm here to talk to you about finding happiness through healing, personal growth, and mindset practice. My hope is that by sharing my story and the methods I've used to become a happier person, I can help you on your journey to do the same. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Happy New Year, you guys! I hope you all had an amazing holiday with your family and friends, and you're all geared up for an amazing 2023. I'm coming at you a little later than I had hoped due to a doozy of a head cold that I was suffering from, but I'm almost back to normal now and I'm ready for action. Last week, despite my head cold, I attended my Zoom book club meeting and one of the members shared a very inspiring story that ended up being pretty profound for me. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing what that story was, an epiphany I had regarding self-worth, why some people struggle with it, and what you can do to improve your self-worth if you feel like yours is lacking. Okay, so let's dive right in. The first thing I want to tell you is my friend Christy's story. And don't worry, I've gotten her permission to share this story with you, so I'm not betraying any kind of trust. So Christy came to the meeting. Um, It was actually a smaller meeting than usual. There were only four of us. So she decided to tell us this story. And oh, it's so good, you guys. Okay, so what happened was um, her grandmother called her and said that she needed to see her right away and that it was important. So Christy immediately started to worry. Was her grandmother going to tell her she's dying, that she has cancer? Of course, she just jumped to conclusions And so she made it a priority to go and see her grandmother as soon as possible. And so um, a few days later, she went to see her grandma. And when she got there, Christy was like, okay, so what's going on? Like, what's happening with you? And her grandmother was like, I just would like to wait until everybody else gets here. And Christy's like, no way. Like, (laughs) everything's going through my mind. I've been worried sick. Like, tell me what's happening. And her grandmother was sort of like giddy. And so she was like, oh, that's weird, Uh, you know, and she was, it kind of gave her some relief though, because she said like, it made her feel like, okay, this is nothing bad is happening because my grandma's all happy and stuff. So she's like, okay, I need you to sit down. So Christy's like, okay. So she sits down and her grandma's like, just sort of like bursting. Like she can't, you know, contain herself. She's so excited to tell her. And so Christy's like, what's going on? Like what's happening? Right. So her grandmother goes, Okay, you're sitting down. As of today, you are a millionaire. And Christy's like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, as of today, you are a millionaire. And Christy's like, oh my gosh. And I, I, you guys, I have goosebumps right now because if you just know Christy, she's such a lovely person. And I just was so freaking happy for her, you know? And so anyways, her grandmother proceeded to tell her that, um, when her dad died, uh, 12 years ago, there was a property that, um, he wanted to split among the siblings. So Christy has, um, 
three other siblings. And so um, her aunt, who was the, is it called the executor? The person who who's in charge of the estate. Um, anyways, she held on to the property and until just a little while ago and it appreciated in value. And so her grandmother was there to tell her that her share, and I'm getting choked up, you guys, her share of the inheritance was $1.8 million. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I'm getting choked up again. I just, I was so, so happy for her. So anyway, the people who meet in this book club, all of us are entrepreneurs. I think all of us are. Most of us are anyways. So we oftentimes, you know, we'll read books about, you know, personal development or um, we haven't really read a lot of business books in the group, but outside of that we have. And, um, but we often talk about our goals. And so, you know, we were like, oh, what are the fun things you're going to do with the money? Um, and, you know, Christy was very responsible and, you know, she's going to invest it and she is going to have a little bit of fun with it. But for the most part, she's going to play it smart. And so then, um, you know, during the call, we were talking about our goals for 2023. And, when it came Christy's time to talk, she said that her goal was to become a self-made millionaire. And so I was like, huh, that's interesting. Because usually when you want to achieve a high income, it's because you want to be able to afford the lifestyle that you desire. But she already had the money now. I mean, it's not in her hands yet. And I'm sure it'll be taxed to all hell. But nonetheless, it is a, a large sum of money that she could certainly use to live the lifestyle that she wants to live. And so I wondered, why does she still want to be a self-made millionaire? Why not just strive to have a better lifestyle and maybe not work as hard, not hustle as much? And not saying that that was her grind, that she would plan to hustle or whatever, but Anyways, I just wondered why she said that because I was thinking to myself when she, when she said what her goal was, I was thinking, you know, I would probably say the same thing. So I wondered what was her thought process around that? So I asked her, I said, why do you still want to become a self-made millionaire if you already have the millions? And so she paused for a moment and she said, Oh, I guess it's internal. I guess, you know, just to prove to myself that I can. And that's exactly how I would respond. And then I was like, well, why do you need to prove it to yourself? And I can't remember exactly what she said, but I was asking the question for myself, really. And the, my, the question was, or the answer was, so that I could prove I was worth the money. And so then I thought, if Christy achieves her goal of becoming a self-made millionaire, will I think more of her then than I do right now? And the answer was no. And then I thought, will I value her friendship more? And then I said, no. Will I think that she's smarter? No, I already know that she's really smart. Will I think that she's better than she is right now? Still, the answer was no. And then it hit me. So if I think that Christy's a great person that is smart and wonderful with or without becoming a self-made millionaire, 
then why the hell do I not think that about myself? Why do I believe that I have to achieve great things to become worthy? Why do I believe that I won't be considered truly smart and successful until I've become a millionaire? And the answer for me comes down to self-worth. Unless I achieve great things, I'm not worthy of money, love, respect, or whatever else. Huh. Interesting. So why do I believe this? Is it true? I started to wonder how other people define their self-worth and how self-worth is measured. So I did some research. The first thing I looked into was how to measure your self-worth. So let's start with the definition. Simply put, self-worth is defined as the value you place on yourself or the importance you give yourself. Through researching, I learned that it's common for people to place value or importance on themselves based on external factors such as how they look, how many friends they have, who they know, their career, how much money they make, or the material possessions they own, or awards and accolades they've received in their lifetime. And I realized that this is definitely how I've been defining my self-worth over the years. Through research, I realized that this is a problem because it means that if you take away any of these external things, then it means I've lowered my value. And honestly, I could actually argue with you that that's true. But then I thought about it some more. I thought about the people I know that have a lot of self-worth and confidence. And some of those people don't even have a career yet, or didn't at least at the time. And I thought about people that I've worked with in the past that do the bare minimum and really just don't even care about the job and got paid way more than I did. I also remembered traveling around Europe in my 30s and I met these two wonderful girls from New Brunswick. These girls were confident, kind, smart, and beautiful and they knew it. I remember talking to them one time about how at the end of the trip, they were going to be staying in Dublin, Ireland to go to university. And I can't remember what they said they were going to do for their jobs, but I remember them saying that they were expecting to earn $150,000 to $200,000 in their first career. And I (laughs) I remember tuning them in. I remember saying they're going to be in for a rude awakening when they get out there in the real world, because that's just not how it works. I told them they were going to have to work their way up the ladder (laughs) like everyone else, but they didn't seem to believe me and they refused to accept what I was saying. Looking back now, I realized that was my old money beliefs talking. And I also want to point out that they were both from very loving, supportive and affluent families and they expected nothing less for themselves. I'm not in touch with them now, but I often thought about them and wondered if they achieved all the success that they forecasted for themselves. I bet they did. So anyway, back to my research. So during my research, I learned that by merely existing, we are sufficient. Let me say that again. Just by existing, we are sufficient. So I read that in a few places, just said in different words. And honestly, I wasn't sure if I believed it. So I had to think some more. And upon my thinking, I came up with my grandma. My very favorite person in the world growing up was my grandma. 
She was old and a little chubby and she didn't have a job and most of her friends had moved away or passed on and she was living off a small pension in a tiny home in a rural area. She didn't have a car or any fancy possessions, but I loved her so much. She just loved me for who I was and cared for me so well. She played with me and she was proud of me. I always heard her talking to her friends about me and telling them, you know, what drawing I did and how I sang this and how I made a dance routine and all that kind of stuff. And she made me feel really special. To me, she had so much value, even though she didn't have any of those external things that I already mentioned. When I thought about it, I realized that I defined her worth by her love and kindness toward me. These are the things that she innately was, not achievements or possessions that she obtained. And to me, she was perfect. So since I defined my grandma's worth by her natural character, I got thinking that it would make sense that I define myself by my natural character as well. But since I'm not a self-worth expert, I decided to do some more digging. I found out the people who struggle with their self-worth usually do so because of childhood trauma or abuse or bullying, or repetitive negative messaging from authorities, media, or other members of society. I learned that the people who have experienced these situations often devalue themselves as a result of their circumstances. I'm not quite ready to share my own personal details on this podcast, but I can confirm that the trauma, abuse, and bullying that I encountered in my childhood certainly made me feel like I wasn't worth much. And I'm guessing that if I feel this way, that other people in these situations would probably feel the same way too. Okay, so what do you do then if you feel like your self-worth is lacking? Here are some ideas I found by doing some research. First, you can make a list of your strengths, gifts, and talents, and keep it handy so that you can remind yourself regularly, especially when you're feeling low. You can also focus on the good within yourself. Everyone makes mistakes, but focusing on your mistakes or your shortcomings will only perpetuate feelings of inadequacy, so it's best to just focus on the good. And when you do make a mistake or exhibit a bad behavior, give yourself some grace. Talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend or your child, and then forgive yourself. You are worthy of forgiveness. Another thing to keep in mind is that when you're evaluating yourself, evaluate yourself on your efforts and your intentions rather than your performance. I've mentioned this in other podcasts, but if you work hard and your intentions are good, that's what should be graded, not the end result. A good example is an Olympic athlete. If they don't win a medal at the end, does that mean that they're a failure or that they're not good enough? No, they still worked super hard and they're way stronger athlete than most people. So their efforts and intentions should be the only thing that we consider when evaluating them. And with respect to success, instead of focusing on obtaining a particular career title or an income goal, we should instead focus on how we can serve others and how we can add value to the world. And we should always surround ourselves with people that lift us up and not bring us down. Be careful who you allow in your circle. And then the last thing is, remember that by merely existing, you are sufficient. Accept yourself for who you are and remember that nobody is perfect 
and that if you have negative qualities or behaviors, you can work on improving them. I hope that these ideas and insights are helpful. I'm actually going to try them out for myself. I'm so grateful to Christy for sharing her story with us. I really feel like I've uncovered something that has played a significant role in my life up until now. And the research and reflection that I've now done has helped me see that true self-worth comes from within. And by just by being alive, I'm enough. If you've ever struggled with self-worth, I hope that you see this about yourself too. And I hope that you'll take the time to try these strategies as you strive for more inner confidence because you are worth it. Thanks for listening to my very first podcast of 2023. I appreciate you being here. Wishing you your best year yet. Thanks so much for listening to the Lessons on Happiness podcast. If you'd like to know more about the information I'm sharing or how I've become a happier person, check out the show notes, reach out to me on social, or email me at val at valmalnar.com. My goal is to help as many people as possible live happier lives. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it on social and tag at Val Malnar so that we can reach far and wide. I'd also love your feedback. So please leave a review so that I can be sure to create more content that is helpful and resonates with you. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, wishing you happy vibes and big strides.